Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later, once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you wanna meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the Job Interview Experience. My name is Matthew and I'm your host. I'm a past executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, and founder of CandidateClub.com. Joining us today is Jason Harris. Jason is the co-founder and CEO of the award-winning creative agency Mechanism and co-founder of the Creative Alliance. Harris works closely with brands through a blend of soul and science to create provocative campaigns that engage audiences. In 2014, Harrison Mechanism led the White House's It's On Us campaign to raise awareness of campus sexual assault. Harris is on the board of directors for Advertising Week, the United Nations Social Impact Leadership Council, and an advising member of the Marketing 50. He is also the co-chair and founding member of Civic Nation Creative Alliance in partnership with the White House. Mechanism has been named to ad agencies, agency A-list, and twice to their best places to work. Harris has been named in the top 10 most influential social impact leaders, as well as the four A's list of 100 people who make advertising great. His methods are studied in cases at Harvard Business School, and Jason is the author of The Soulful Art of Persuasion, The 11 Habits That Will Make Anyone a Master. Jason is here to share his insights on persuasion, interviews, and careers with us. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, Matthew. Appreciate it. Can you share with us what are some hobbies and passions of yours outside of work? Uh, well, I have uh, I have two two boys, twelve and eleven. Uh, I live in New York City, and they, you know, were primarily raised in the city, and so uh, you got to get creative with what you do with kids in the city. So uh, to really spend a lot of time with them, we leaned heavily into sports. So. Um, I do a lot of uh, coaching, indoor soccer, uh, recreational soccer. They also play uh, some sports on some travel teams. So coaching is sort of one of my big hobbies, really getting, uh, uh, getting to know uh, kids and interacting with them in that format is really fun. So I do a lot of that. And then uh, to stay in shape and to uh, control my emotions, I do a lot of boxing. And boxing is a great way to uh, get the stress out, fatigue the body, rest the mind. 
um, and it takes a lot of focus and concentration. So that's sort of what I, I do for myself. So it's kind of a lot of sports-related activities. And then because we live in New York, I'm always trying to find, you know, a new um, gallery or museum or park that I haven't been to that I can I can go explore. So exploring the city is, is uh, takes up a lot of my time, which is a wonderful thing about New York. Can you give us some insight into your career and what brought you to where you are today? Uh, sure. So I, um, I knew pretty early on when I was really 12 or 13 that I wanted to go into the advertising world. And I know uh, a lot of your listeners are maybe pivoting in their career or trying to uh, maybe they're at the same company, but they want to try something different at that company, or they're just starting out in their career and they're trying to, you know, get their sea legs on what they want to, their career to look like. Uh, I was I was a little bit different. I kind of found this um, path of I watched a lot of TV as a kid when I was growing up. TV was, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all digital like it is today. It was TV focused communications, and so I watched a lot of TV, saw a lot of the ads that were happening and I realized well that's someone's career like someone has to make the the ads and products and I would always analyze them like would I buy that would I not buy that which is pretty weird behavior for you know a 12 or 13 year old but I uh, you know I just uh, decided that was what I was going to do and as soon as I got out of college I uh, started down that career path worked at a lot of different places uh, to figure out what cultures I liked how they treated the employees, what their values were, and I would kind of keep a notepad and write down um, either manage, management techniques or, or cultural uh, things that I liked or didn't like because I had the idea of, uh, I had that entrepreneurial spirit, so I knew I would start something eventually. So as I got into my 30s, after working at a bunch of different advertising agencies, I, um, I started uh, my own company with uh, some some other folks that I knew and uh, been doing that for the past 15 years. We're going to dig into persuasion and it, it's a topic obviously of the soulful art of persuasion. Why did job seekers need to learn persuasion? How does it help one during the job search and in a career? Um, we all use persuasion every day and I wrote the book because uh, persuasion has a negative connotation to it. It's sort of become this word where we think we're, we're like pulling the wool over someone's eyes or convincing them of something that they don't want to do. And that's really, um, that's where the soulful part comes in. But really persuasion is just a matter of, of life and of, of success. And whether you're persuading, if I have to persuade my kids to, read every night, I'm, I'm, I'm using techniques to persuade them. If I have to persuade um, you know, somebody to take a job here, I have to, I have to persuade them. If, I, if I'm going on a trip, say, with my, with my girlfriend, and she wants to go to Jamaica, and I want to go to, I don't know, Paris, I have to persuade her why, uh, you know, I don't want, why, why the Caribbean's not a great idea. Uh, I don't know how I would ever persuade someone it wasn't a great idea, but I was just using that for context. And so we're in this sort of like, um, you know, uh, uh, ma magical, persuasive uh, way of getting through life and of, of discourse and of con connecting with people and communicating with people. And it's just a fact of life that... Um, 
we always have to use persuade persuasion techniques and really persuasion to me is a little bit different than um, you know a, a life hack or a word that you say or saying someone's name over and over to get them to your side or your point of view really persuasion is a, uh, not not as much what the person's saying but it's the it's the kind of person you are it's the personal characteristics that you inhabit that you that come from your being um, and it's the kind of person that people want to agree with and so personal characteristics and how you are and how you present yourself uh, make a make a big factor in in being persuasive and so for career job search what you want to do persuading clients you got to persuade listeners that it's valuable for them to listen to and so everyone's using persuasion and so I just find that it's um, it's really important for people to um, not just act but really think about how they're persuading and and how that informs who they are and their characteristics what about subtle ways to be persuasive towards an employer while applying during the interview process or while anticipating an offer if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey with indeed everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed com slash podcast need to hire you need indeed yeah so I think there's when when you're um, applying or trying to um, land an interview or or when you're at your interview this is age-old advice but it really rings true uh, it's the Oscar Wilde quote be yourself everyone else is already taken really lean into who you are and your idiosyncrasies and what makes you tick and what makes you unique and what makes you memorable because we all have these characteristics and these these parts of our personality and you don't want to come across as um, as, as unmemorable or as someone that is really just sort of mirror and matching the interview person you know trying to get them to like you because you you share the same interests it's really about who you are and what your interests are and make a point of that to express how, who you are as a person and what values you hold and that's really I think important uh, and then the second thing that I think is very important when you're um, trying to persuade someone to give you that job offer or for you to get that promotion is to make it about them in a way of just like you're maybe sharing who you are and your stories develop a curiosity about the other person and listen to things that um, that that you might be able to respond to as being interesting and also really important is to um, 
do your research and know who you're interviewing, know things about the company, um, you know, to have those stories about the company, why it might resonate with you at hand so you can rattle them off. Maybe it's, you know, advertising agency, for example. What's What are the three best things you think they did and why do you like them? Why does that work respond, uh, make, you, make you have a, a positive response? Um, so really do your research or that person. Is there a blog post or an article that person wrote? Uh, that that you resonated with, or even if you didn't, you can ask them, you know, what what made you write that and what was behind that. So really think about not just how you come across, but make it about the other person and about the company. So you come in really informed with some great questions and some real in-depth knowledge. Uh, I think that's really important. And then um, being a great storyteller is a really important aspect of being persuasive. And so think about stories that you've had in your career or if you're just starting your career, stories from your life that really can um, exemplify your personality and how you handle situations and how you handle problems. But have a couple of those stories on hand uh, to, to talk about with the person that you're interviewing or the place that you're applying for, because those will come in really handy and they'll be, they'll be memorable and you'll make an impression on that person. And then I think your last thing was if you're anticipating an offer um, or you're maybe at that, you know, you've gone through that process and now you're sort of waiting for an offer. And a lot of times you might not hear back for a while because we don't know what happens inside companies and the politics they have to deal with and did that money get cut, but they're waiting for it to get funded. Who knows what's happening inside? But we sort of all make leaps in our heads of, of what we think's happening, but we never know. When I'm waiting for a client to tell me if I won an account, I go through this crazy thing of, you know, it's been two weeks, we obviously didn't get it, but you never know what's happening. Sometimes we've won things I never thought we would, and sometimes we've lost things that I thought were a sure thing. So when you're anticipating an offer, try to never, think, think about this advice, never let the relationship drop to zero. Never be so out of touch uh, that you don't have a relationship. If you've interviewed, you had a great interview, you made a connection, stay in touch with those people, whether it's the HR person or maybe the, the manager that you interviewed with or whoever it might be. Send them, obviously, a, a thank you note. I'm sure that's advice you've covered ad nauseum. But also, if you talked about a certain thing, like um, whether it's personal, you know, you talked about you both love Disneyland or you love amusement parks and you read an interesting article about it, send it to them without the expectation that, you know, also what's happening with the job. Just send it to them because you made a connection with that person on something and, and, and they'll remember you and don't expect anything in return. Just send them some, some, some article or information or if you're interviewing in an IT company and there's some new software development that came out that you found interesting, don't be afraid to send that to them so that you're staying top of mind but you're giving them you know, some value in, a, in something that makes sense that you're, you're sharing with them. Um, but really think about, and don't bombard them and send them emails every day. I'm just saying, you know, once a week kind of check in and send them something without bugging them about what's happening with the job. And even if you don't get the job, it's good advice to never let relationships drop to zero. 
because that makes up your network. And as you build your career or you're pivoting your career, keeping that new network um, sort of at your fingertips is really important. And the way you nurture your network is to keep those relationships alive. And I'm not saying, you know, you always have to reach out once a week or once a month. But just think about it as you're always building your network and your network is the most powerful asset you'll ever have. Something that we discussed a couple episodes ago on the podcast aligns with what you just said. It's ending things graciously with an employer and the recruiter you're speaking with, you might have been their favorite candidate and you have insight into this uh, through your business. and, And I've seen this before. You never know that it might be a budget cut. They might be adding a new position that they thought a company was ready for, and that's a position you applied for, and it's not quite ready yet, so that's causing some delays. Whatever it is, like you said, be gracious, write that thank you note, and something, a situation I've seen, sometimes maybe you are the number two candidate. Maybe someone else had a little bit more experience or was just a little bit better fit, and sometimes that second per- or that first person was offered the job, and maybe they got a counteroffer from their current job, or they these things fall through, and then you're next in line. And I've seen this before. You, re- you reach back out to that other person. You say, hey, this is open. We'd love to get you back into the interview process and move forward. If you end things graciously, you're kind, maybe even you've sent that thank you letter or, or, or a nice email. If you don't do that, or if uh, someone were to react badly, your chances go to zero of getting that call back, and they go back up astronomically when you handle that professionally. Jason, do any situations come to mind maybe in the last couple of years of persuasion being used well or not used well in a situation? The, the use of persuasion, you know, in the incorrect way by job candidates can be where they're just relentless. You know, they tell me they're the best person for the job, and they sort of won't stop. You know, they they, they keep um, hitting me up, and this goes for salespeople as well. Um, don't do that. You know, don't don't bombard the person so that it becomes a turnoff. Um, that's that's a really bad technique because you're sort of persuading them in a way that is. Um, uh, it, 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 you know, is is more of an annoyance, and you're not making points on you know why you might be a good fit for the company. On the flip side, when someone reaches out, um, I don't want to hear you know their whole resume and paragraphs about all the successes they've had. I want them to match my company up with their skills and why it would be a good fit and what they are passionate about. To work at at, the, at my company, so you have to you have to persuade in a way that I love that your company has done this. I've accomplished this. I think it could be a good match because of this reason. I can't tell you how many um, uh, uh, contacts my my head of talent uh, get that are just why I'm the greatest person on earth, and it has nothing to do about the company. It's almost like they're sending that to a thousand companies to see who bites. You have to always make it collaborative when you persuade. You have to always make it about the other company and you and how those uh, skills can fit and do it succinctly, but make sure you're, you're making it about them. That's something like I can't um, sort of say that enough times. You have to always be thinking about it from the other side. Why would they want you not 
you're convincing them you're the greatest person on earth, but because you know the company and you know your value, there's a shared sort of uh, interest there that that's a good match. So that's one technique that you know I've just seen it done so incorrectly. They might be really talented and they might be a great fit, but they just come across as um, you know bragging or um, it's not a personalized message. It's just sort of a boilerplate. They're just throwing things out there to anyone that will listen. Speaking of people applying to work at Mechanism, Mechanism has been recognized as one of the best places to work. What have you done to create that environment? And what should job seekers have on their radar as they're looking at their next employer? Yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't always get it right. You know, we've we've struggled, especially during the pandemic, we've struggled um, with how to foster culture. You know, I think we've we've we got our stride a few months in, um, and and how to keep the culture going. But um, I think you you got to think of of sort of two things. You're working for this company. What are the values of the company? That's something you should always ask. Um, what what do the values um, represent? Do they match your personal values? That's a really important question. And then oftentimes you're not taking a job for the company. You're taking a job or just for the company, I should say. You're taking a job for the person that you're going to be learning from and reporting to. So you have to make sure that that person, because you could work in a fantastic company for you that would match your values, but the, man, the direct manager doesn't match your values and vice versa. So I think values are really important. One thing we do is we publish our values, you know, on our website. We every time we get a, an employee that we hire, we review those values with them to make sure this is how we operate here. We're we're optimistic, we're collaborative. Uh, we like to, to be fearless once in a while, but we're also realistic. So we have sort of a, a list of about seven or eight of those. And th we say that at every company meeting. When we do off-sites, we re repeat them. We give ex examples of them. It's important to sort of, um, uh, uh, it's like muscle memory. You have to have repetition on those values so everyone understands those shared values. And I think that's really important for candidates to ask. And then conversely, I think candidates should write down what are your top five uh, values or characteristics or things that matter to you in a workplace and make sure that you're matching, you know, if you're a really uh, a candidate that's, that's in demand, really um, in interrogate the company to make sure that they match your values. But if you don't have your values and you just sort of have an idea of what they might be, uh, it's a little harder to do that. So I encourage everyone to put pen to paper and write down values that matter to you in a work environment and and ask the potential employer um, what their values are and maybe even talk about some of yours and why they matter. It's also a good way to create, from the earlier conversation, to create stories. So if you say that um, you know, you're know you a person that um, values collaboration, create a story and an example around that that exemplifies what that means to you. Or if, um, if you, know, you, you believe in that a company should have a purpose and do good in the world, write a story about 
uh, a company you worked at that did have those values and why it mattered uh, to you. So I, I would just say, you know, don't keep it vague, crystallize it and put it down on paper and really try to find, you know, not, you're not going to find a company that matches all your values, but you're going to be able to, to hit two or three of those key ones to make a, find a match. What inspired you to take this knowledge and experience that you have that has created this success and share it with readers through the soulful art of persuasion? Well, I, um, I'm a big, I, lo- I love to read. Um, and what I primarily, I'm kind of a dork, so what I primarily read are business books. Like, I just love learning about either people in business and how they started their career or what um, turnarounds happened at companies or how they fell off. Um, so I'm always kind of reading that type of book, um, sort of business slash self-help books in a way. Um, and so I, uh, I didn't really see, there's kind of two things that happened. I didn't really see a lot of the techniques that I believe in and the book's broken into four principles, which are uh, generous, uh, empathy, soulfulness, and original. And that to me embodies a successful person who exhibits soulful persuasion. And I break down those into habits that, you know, really are, are, are things you can learn. And so I didn't see a lot of that out in the in the business book world. I found more they were uh, around the subject of persuasion or selling. They were more on sort of hacks or techniques that felt more transactional. And I believe in business, it's about building relationships and playing the long game. And I had a little bit of a different philosophy. So I felt like I had a book that could impact people and that hadn't been told yet. And so that's one reason um, that I wanted to write it. And another reason is I read a Gallup poll that really uh, upset me where it said, of all the dishonest professions in the world, number one was politicians and number two was used cars pe- used car salesmen or salespeople. Uh, and the third most dishonest profession was advertising practitioner. And so I felt like my industry had taken a hit as like this really negative, persuading, selling, uh, sell people uh, at all costs and make them buy things they don't need. And I never lived by that philosophy, and I don't really think it's um, it's sort of true to the industry as a whole. So that was another reason I wanted to debunk uh, that Gallup poll that really upset me, <laughs> but also bring a new light to how businesses run and what it means to be an entrepreneur and build culture. And so, for those reasons, I I went on a three year journey to write uh, the Soulful Art of Persuasion. How is the Soulful Art of Persuasion impacting readers' lives and careers? Well, you know, I've heard um, I've heard from a lot of uh, folks that have that have read it, and it's it's been published. Um, I think in like seven or eight countries. Uh, and so I, I actually hear from like a lot of readers who will reach out or, or DM me or just say, hey, I got a lot out of your book or, or send me a message. And I feel like it's really um, uh, having people think about character in, in wielding influence and how to be successful 
not just in your career, but there's, it's also a lot about personal growth and learning those techniques about original, which is essentially being yourself, generous, which is giving things away without expecting anything in return, which can be your time, your counsel, your contacts, um, and then empathetic, which is a lot of what we talked about today, which is seeing things from the other person's point of view. And then soulful is doing something like it's sort of like a give back. What are you doing to make the world a little bit better uh, of a place? What are you doing to inspire others with your time? Um, you talked about it at the top of the show, but a lot of um, my time or some of my time is, is done using advertising for social good. And anyone can do uh, a, a something soulful, you know, with, without expecting monetary return. So I think those elements are for me what make up uh, uh, this this sort of soulful uh, persuasive person and so um, yeah I've heard a, I've heard a lot of people sort of things have, have clicked um, that maybe they they felt they wanted to uh, improve on so you might be um, you know Matthew you might be a naturally generous person or you or you might be um, not an empathetic person. Uh, and so you, you would learn one of those different uh, areas or principles that you can improve on. Uh, so, so that's how what I've, I've heard a lot of people say, thanks so much for your help on having, you know, teaching me techniques to be myself or to be more empathetic. And so, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been super rewarding. We are running short on time. In closing thoughts, what's your message to job seekers that might be feeling anxious about their job search, nervous about an interview, and unsure about their future? I would say when you're thinking about your career and you might be unsure and you are a little nervous, try to take the time, give yourself the time to write down your values. That's really important. We talked about that. Think about how you want your story to end, your, your career story. And then work backwards. Try not to think of um, going from this thing to this. Like you can let the you can let your story be told for you, or you can determine what your story is and then figure out how to get there. And it might not be a linear path in either way that you you pick. But I think it's important to know where you want to go, and that's really important. And then you can start to chip away at it. And when you have the confidence of knowing where you want to go. That presents itself very differently. I think it calms your nerves. It might turn anxiety into excitement. Uh, it might change the way that you're thinking because you have a little bit of a destination, even if you might not have the map. And so I think it's really important to take the time to think about where you want to end up in your, in your career and then, and then trace that story backwards but be open to the story morphing and changing a little bit, but always keep that destination in mind. And I think people uh, don't take the time or give themselves the time to do that. They just are like, what's my next job? What's my next move? What's right in front of me? And try to try to play the long game with it and, and think about the end of your story and, and go from there. Acquiring a job is such an impactful part of our lives and our careers. Thank you, Jason, for sharing your expertise with us and making a difference on how we go forward and succeed from here. I'll post a link to Jason in the episode's description. Jason, how else can we find you? 
You can find me at thesoulfulart.com. That's a little bit more about me. And then uh, I'm at Jason underscore Harris on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to reach out, please feel free to do so. Jason, thank you again for joining us. Let's do this again soon. I'd love to. Thanks for having me on, Matthew. It's been a blast. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes? Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. You just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.